Hello, and welcome to day 18 of A Miserable Year. I'm Anthony Adler, and I'm going to be reading you the whole of Le Miserable. That's the podcast. In today's episode, we get to hear again from Mademoiselle Baptistine. Enjoy. Le Miserable, Volume 1, Fontaine, Book the Second, The Fall, Chapter 4, Details Concerning the Cheese Dairies of Pontalier. Now, in order to convey an idea of what passed at that table, we cannot do better than to transcribe here a passage from one of Mademoiselle Baptistine's letters to Madame Bochevois wherein the conversation between the convict and the bishop is described with ingenious minuteness. This man paid no attention to anyone. He ate with the veracity of a starving man. However, after supper, he said, Monsieur le curé of the good God, all this is far too good for me, but I must say that the carters who would not allow me to eat with them kept a better table than you do. Between ourselves, that remark rather shocked me. My brother replied, They are more fatigued than I. No, returned the man, they have more money. You are poor, I see that plainly. You cannot be even a curate. Are you really a curé? Ah, if the good God were but just, you certainly ought to be a curé. The good God is more than just, said my brother. A moment later he added, Monsieur Jean Valjean, is it the Pontalier that you are going? With my road marked out for me. I think that is what the man said. Then he went on. I must be on my way by daybreak tomorrow. Travelling is hard. If the nights are cold, the days are hot. You are going to a good country, said my brother. During the revolution, my family was ruined. I took refuge in the Franche-Comté at first, and there I lived for some time by the toil of my hands. My will was good. I found plenty to occupy me. One has only to choose. There are paper mills, tanneries, distilleries, oil factories, watch factories on a large scale, steel mills, Copper works, twenty iron foundries at least, four of which, situated at Lod, at Châtillon, at Audincourt, and at Burr, are tolerably large. I think I am not mistaken in saying that those are the names which my brother mentioned. Then he interrupted himself and addressed me. Have we not some relatives in those parts, my dear sister? I replied, we did have some, among others Monsignor de Lucenay, who was captain of the gates at Pontalia under the old regime. Yes, resumed my brother, but in 93 one had no longer any relatives. One had only one's arm. I worked. They have, in the country of Pontalia, whither you are going, Monsieur Val... Whither you are going, Monsieur Valjean, a truly patriarchal and charming industry, my sister. It is their cheese dairies, which they call fruitières. Then my brother, while urging the man to eat, explained to him with great minuteness what those fruitiers of Pontalia were, that they were divided into two classes, the big barns, which belong to the rich, and where there are forty or fifty cows, which produce from seven to eight thousand cheeses each summer, and the associated fruitiers, which belong to the poor. These are the peasants of the mid-mountain, who hold their cows in common and share the proceeds. They engage the services of a cheesemaker, whom they call the Gruerin, the Gruen receives the milk of the associates three times a day, 
and marks the quantity on a double tally. It is towards the end of April that the work of these cheese dairies begins. It is towards the middle of June that these cheesemakers drive their cows to the mountains. The man recovered his animation as he ate. My brother made him drink that good mauvais wine. My brother made him drink that good mauvais wine, which he does not drink himself because he says that wine is expensive. My brother imparted all these details with that easy gaiety of his with which you are acquainted, interspersing his words with graceful attentions to me. He recurred frequently to that comfortable trade of Gruin, as though he wished the man to understand, without advising him directly and harshly, that this would afford him a refuge. One thing struck me. This man was what I have told you. Well, neither during supper nor during the entire evening did my brother utter a single word, with the exception of a few words about Jesus when he entered, which could remind the man of what he was, nor of what my brother was. To all appearances, it was an occasion for preaching him a little sermon and of impressing the bishop on the convict, so that a mark of the passage might remain behind. This might have appeared to anyone else who had this unfortunate man in his hands to afford a chance to nourish his soul as well as his body and to bestow upon him some reproach seasoned with moralizing and advice or a little commiseration with an exhortation to conduct himself better in future. My brother did not even ask him from what country he came nor what was his history for in his history there is a fault and my brother seemed to avoid everything which could remind him of it. To such a point did he carry it, that at one time, when my brother was speaking of the mountaineers of Pontalia, who exercise a gentle labour near heaven, and who, he added, are happy because they are innocent, he stopped short, fearing lest in this remark there might have escaped him something which would only too vividly, fearing lest in this remark there might have escaped him something which might wound the man, by dint of reflection, I think I have comprehended what was passing in my brother's heart. He was thinking, no doubt, that this man, whose name is Jean Valjean, had his misfortune only too vividly present in his mind, that the best thing was to divert him from it, and to make him believe, if only momentarily, that he was a person like any other, by treating him in just his ordinary way. Is this not indeed to understand charity well? Is there not, dear madame, something truly evangelical in this delicacy which abstains from sermon, from moralizing, from allusions? And is not the truest pity, when a man has a sore point, not to touch it at all? It has seemed to me that this might have been my brother's private thought. In any case, what I can say is that if he entertained all these ideas, he gave no sign of them. From beginning to end, even to me he was the same as he is every evening, and he supped with this Jean Valjean with the same air and in the same manner in which he would have supped with Monseigneur Guédillon de Provost, or with the curate of the parish. Towards the end, when he had reached the figs, there came a knock at the door. It was Mother Chabot with her little one in her arms. My brother kissed the child on the brow and borrowed fifteen sous which I had about me to give to Mother Chabot. The man was not paying too much heed to anything then. He was no longer talking, and he seemed very much fatigued. After poor old Jabot had taken her departure, my brother said grace. Then he turned to the man and said to him, You must be in great need of your bed. 
Madame Magloire cleared the table very promptly. I understood that we must retire, in order to allow this traveller to go to sleep, and we both went upstairs. Nevertheless, I sent Madame Magloire down a moment later to carry to the man's bed a goat skin from the black forest which was in my room. The nights are frigid, and that keeps one warm. It is a pity that this skin is old. All the hair is falling out. My brother bought it while he was in Germany, at Tottlingen, near the sources of the Danube, as well as the little ivory-handled knife which I use at table. Madame Magloire returned immediately. We said our prayers in the drawing-room, where we hang up the linen, and then we each retired to our own chambers, without saying a word to each other.